Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator. Okay, I was a little uh, skeptical about making this podcast, and I still am. And if I release it, great. And if I don't, at least I tried. Um... So I, this is a, a podcast probably mainly for, for, for dog trainers to give them a peace of mind and or some advice, um, but it's also for just dog lovers and dog owners uh, in general. Um, I want to say first off, um, thank you for everybody who continues to support me and send me messages on a daily basis from all over the world telling me uh, how much I've helped them because it really does, <clears throat> excuse me, it really does mean a lot to me. Um, I de- I, I'm in a world where uh, I'm in the process of trying to figure out um, whether or not the the situations that I'm in are worth helping the amount of dogs and the amount of people that I do. Um, and, and by no way, shape, or form uh, do I mean to be uh, cocky in that situation or in that, that sentence because that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that the amount of, of stress and the amount of... of um, uh, I guess anxiety that I get working with people who don't understand the big picture or working with people who don't understand what's right for the dog and what's wrong for the dog has has played a really big toll on me lately. Um, most of you probably don't know that because you just see what's great on uh, social media. And to be honest, my life is is freaking awesome. I'm very grateful for what I do. I travel the country and work with dogs and have a self running sustainable uh, business but um, at the end of the day what I care about is dogs and I'm finding the the more and more people that I work with and this is big for you dog trainers the more and more people that I work with the harder it is to move forward Um, so if you work with 10 people a year 20 people a year the likelihood of you running into people who are going to have issues or who are going to have problems or um, whatever is going to be considerably small compared to if you work with 100 or 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 or 10,000. And so I'm seeing as as business grows for us and as um, more and more people come to me for advice, um, the more stress and the more situations, unfortunately, I'm dealt with. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today, and I want to be as real as possible because I think that it's important for people to understand that you're not alone, and uh, shit happens, mistakes happen, accidents happen, and uh, we as professional dog trainers and dog owners, I want you to just maybe take some advice uh, from this podcast of how I feel um, about you know moving forward with, with making the right decisions for your dog. This isn't entirely for dog trainers. However, um, there could be two sides to this um, for benefit-wise. benefit, benefit wise. Um, But I think that it's important to understand that we are in an uphill battle um, m- more than... I would say more than 90% of my clients uh, come to me for advice and for, hey, in your experience, you know, I've been professionally handling dogs seven days a week for about 14 hours a day 
with the exception of maybe taking one or two vacations a year um, for 10 years. That's police dogs. I'm an experienced animal control officer, so I used to be an animal control officer, and I used to go to court and fight for dogs and know the legalities of things. I was a dog walker for a long time. I've been, uh, I've, I've done daycare rehabs. I've helped businesses, other small businesses uh, involving dogs, um, become better. And I've, I've just been in so many different thresholds, and I've been in the trenches for ten years working with dogs. And this is boots on the ground. Handling dogs, practitioner shit. This isn't theory and reading books and talking about what's right and what's wrong. And in my in my opinion, um, I do have a lot of opinions, but I also have been in the trenches for ten effing years. So I'm I'm at a point in my career where I'm I'm close to to stop to to just stop working with dogs um, in person. And that's hard for me to say because. Um, I am I am obsessed with with helping dogs. That's why I got into what I do. I never wanted to become a dog trainer. I never wanted to have a business and have it be as, as big as it is currently. Um, not that I don't love it now, but it, it wasn't something that was there. I wanted to work with dogs because I wanted to help them, which then formed into basically a trainer, which I call myself an educator, but that's besides the point. And yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm to a point now, and I'm sure that you dog trainers can gravitate to this and circle to this that um the and i'm going to be honest i probably work with three people so as a business we probably run into three people out of 365 days of working with dogs that go south and that's the the absolute brutal truth that's not exaggeration that's not be me being modest that's like real about every year as the last two years if we as we've grown, it started off with me and then somebody else and then we had three people. So I had a manager who did all the scheduling and emails and then I had um, basically somebody to help me clean up and start daycare as we progressed in the business. I've been at my location three years this summer of 2019. Um, and now we have, I think, eight full-time people on staff and payroll and some volunteers and I do... Um, I do some stuff with schools, so uh, um, I'm the animal behavioral animal behavioral college externship coordinator as well, um, or not coordinator, but uh, trainer. Um, so I, I work with the colleges, and I also work with the local SUNY Cobleskill School, uh, helping them with their externship and their and their bachelor degree, uh, helping them put the icing on the cake and giving them some real life situations. So we do a lot um, in in conjunction with all of the training that I do, and I'm finding. A lot of stress, and I think if you watch the documentaries of of people doing what they love and then them just um, not doing it anymore, a good example of that on a very small. And I'm not trying to say, guys, and I and I want and I kind of want you guys to um, be uh, you know be a little bit uh, accepted acceptable to my vulnerability here, explaining these things because I think it's important. And I don't want you guys to feel alone and you're dealing with stuff alone because this shit sucks and it's, it's really hard to deal with, but um, take this with a grain of salt when I say this, but I just recently watched uh, the Avicii documentary and this is a guy that, and again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Avicii. I'm nowhere near as big as him. I'm not saying that at all. This could be literally be, um, uh, somebody who works at PetSmart. I'm just talking about the the dynamic between working with uh, people and trying to benefit the dog and the people not understanding how to do that process and how frustrating it can be and how 
daunting it could be as a profession. But anyway, um, Avicii documentary literally um, started making beats and then like one song got really big for him. And then he basically took every opportunity he could for like three years and toured for like three years straight. And uh, in his documentary, he said that he was going to die unless he took a break because his health, both mentally and physically, are taking a toll due to his management pushing him and due to like, you know, his eager to to provide to his fans and things like that. Um, And so the moral of the story is, is like he knew that what he loved is becoming deteriorated into nothing. And that's what he didn't want to do. And then uh, he, he decided to take like six months off or a year off. I can't remember. And then eventually when he came back for his comeback, he, he passed away um, from what I believe was uh, either a suicide or an accidental overdose. But anyway, he was self-medicating pretty hard. And he even saw these things coming. And so in this podcast, again, I want to be as real as possible with you guys. Um, totally different levels, totally different things happening, but it just goes to show that when you climb um, and do something that you love for other people, um, if you're not happy, you need to know when to exit because then what you love is going to become something you hate. And so I'm going to be honest, I'm to a point where it's hard uh, some days to see the light at the end of the tunnel only because of the people that I, I work with on some occasions. And so part of me says, well, uh, Tom, you know, you have all these people that you're helping on a daily basis. Uh, your, your staff are freaking awesome, and they are helping people. Your trainers, your daycare people are, are changing people's lives on a regular basis, on a very micro level, and sometimes on a very macro level. Changing people's lives is something that we do um, with dogs. Uh, my staff does a great job at what they do, but it's becoming to a point where we find, or I personally find that people are making decisions based off emotion. And this isn't necessarily with dog training. This is, this is when it comes down to good decision making, good business, whether it's right or it's wrong. It's, sometimes it's really hard for me to swallow these pills and not lash out. Meaning if I get an email from somebody saying, hey, um, we don't like what happened at this session, whether there was a, um, a dog fight um, which rarely happens, you know, maybe once or twice a year. Again, I'm talking about these clients that I get maybe three times a year. Rather, we go to court and argue the fact that, so we have, okay, let me rewind a little bit. <clears throat> we have a, um, we have a, a, a document that people sign um, that's basically put together to help dogs. At the end of the day, it's there to save the dog, 100%. It's not about money. And you can ask any of my uh, regular clients or even my staff. They get pretty annoyed because I, I blatantly forget to charge people most days. That's why I don't do anything but train when I'm there. I don't do scheduling. I don't do any of that stuff. <clears throat> and so money really doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. I got into this into this situation, um, into this environment because of what I love and, and, and I'm passionate about it. I just got off the phone with um, uh, a client from Canada. And you know him and I were kind of talking about um, you know, just what we're talking about now. And anyway, I have a form and a contract that everybody signs before they work with me that says, you are coming to us. Um, you know, don't quote me on this, but this is basically how it goes. You are coming to us for advice, for, um, direction, for professional, uh, help. Um, we are going to provide these services to you as, uh, as, you know, as we agreed to. However, if you decide not to come back, 
and you decide to uh, take offense and you decide to be uncomfortable and not continue to train with us, that is on you. And again, um, because these, when these situations happen, a lot of times I brush them off and there's a big part of me that is extremely confident and extremely like just my my decision making um for for situations becomes very um about uh you know making the right decision and sometimes it gets me in trouble um meaning um you know within our contract uh, if it says that anything after our training services that happen is not our responsibility because you know we're trying to do the best we can to help you as a dog owner and if you just and by that i mean if you decide not to come back because um you know, you got busy at work or you decided to give the dog up or whatever it is, that's not our responsibility. And that's put in there to protect the dog because the dog is sitting there like, what the hell, man? Like, you know, I need to get better. And so um, we've had some incidences uh, this last year where um, there has been altercations with other dogs and these altercations have have, um, come to you know, we want a hundred percent refund, um, this, that, and the other thing. And that's fine. I'm not here to, to say, uh, anything bad about any of my clients because I love all of them and I appreciate them. However, um, I just find myself being completely astonished by people's lack of understanding of the dog. Um, and, and it's ultimately causing dogs to get worse it's ultimately causing dogs to die in some situations, which is hard for me to sleep at night. Um, you know, meaning if some people break the contract and we say, hey, we love your dog. Your dog's awesome. There's no problems. We have no aggression issues. We have no reactivity issues. We spent the last two to four weeks with your dog. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, please follow up. In our contract, we have free follow-ups for all of our board and trained clients. And, you know, sometimes we find two months down the road, the dog had bitten two people or whatever, and then the dog was euthanized without any reach out without any, you know, um, regard to, Hey, you know, maybe I should talk to the professionals I just paid a bunch of money for. And so for me, it's, it's just becoming to a point guys where I want to express this. I want to talk about it. Um, because I know that it's hard for me and I, and I'm sure it's hard for other, uh, dog trainers out there. And then I'm sure it's, it's even, um, probably hard for dog owners listening that, um, you need to just trust your instincts and know, when to make um, a good decision and know that if you hire a dog trainer and you trust them and you went for them for a reason because 17 people referred you to that person and you feel like everything's going great and then one thing goes wrong or one accident happens which nobody can control you need to do what's right for the dog you need to do what's right for the dog you can't base your decision making moving forward based off of emotion you can't, and and I find that that that's what's happening with with the three out of, jeez, I don't know. We sign like I don't know twenty dogs up a week, maybe. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes less, sometimes more. But at the end of the day, you know, these are three out of um, I don't know thousands of people. Um, because then we have our board and train program and all these things. And so, anyway, the train's going by, so it might be loud, but um, you can probably um tell you know within this episode that it's it's a little uh it's a little um 
it's a little bit more real. Um, and I'm always real with you guys and I'm always real on the podcast and everything that I do. And I try to be genuine. Um, but there's some times where, um, situations that come such as these where, you know, an incident happens, uh, during training or, um, you know, an incident happens after training and you don't reach out, you make decisions based off your emotion, not off what's right for the dog, which I have found dogs to, I mean, I can give you an example really quick. Um, we, uh, we took a dog in, this was a long time ago, but I don't want to talk about anything present because it's, it, you know, I'm not, but, um, we took a dog in a while ago, um, out of a shelter that did brilliant with us. Um, had a little history of aggression towards people he didn't know, but that's, that's life. I mean, that's how sometimes dogs are. Um, so they came to us for, <clears throat> they came to us for, um, you know, advice and, uh, and we ended up taking the dog and doing all these brilliant things with the dog and, it was awesome. Uh, the dog did really great. Um, we gave the dog structure. We gave the dog um, the tools and necessary uh, structure and, and support that it needed to be successful because he was a little off, um, which is fine. That's okay. We're not about us. We're about the dog. What do we need to do to make this dog happy and successful? And then moving forward, we ended up adopting the dog out. It was a, uh, it was a happy, happy, happy moment for us. And um, like six months later, we get a call saying like, you know, hey, I need the the um, vaccinations for the dog and I'm like okay and then they ended up saying that they put the dog down um, because it, it barked and lunged at somebody and so you know again I care about what I do so freaking much that I got into this industry to help dogs not to have these things happen and it seems to me that when I'm working with dogs, it means the world to me that I'm making a difference in these people's lives. But at the same time, it's it's involuntary for me, which means it's it's a big deal that I'm helping. But at the same time, it's something that I do on a regular basis that sometimes I, I don't take into consideration how much it means to people and how much good I do. But the bad stuff really um, upsets me a lot. And you know, I lose sleep and I second guess everything, which is why this podcast is on because I want to be real with you guys. That, um, you know, shit happens. And I think it's important to understand that the dog is at stake when we make decisions based off emotion. Um, ultimately, if you decide to, to, to make a decision to do something else or to, um, I don't like this or I don't like that, I don't like the way you said this or whatever. Um, but if you know that that person or, or that training uh, camp, um, regardless of the circumstances, is there to help you and... Um, understanding that accidents happen and dogs are dogs, then ultimately making a decision based off your emotion to do something else um, is, is your opinion and your prerogative. But it just, it just bugs me that um, uh, people are not understanding dogs and are, are putting their selfish um, opinions in front of the benefit of the dog or the well-being of the dog. And so, um, you know, we've had situations, um, I'll give you, an, you know, daycare situations where you got to think we have 30 dogs in daycare. Um, and also, like, when we train privately, um, with the amount of dogs that we deal with um, on a daily basis, and, and every, here's the way I look at it, every minute that there's more than 10 dogs together, there's a huge probability of something bad to happen. And so if we look at our, our spreadsheet of incidences and accidents, because that's what they are, because um, dogs are animals and shit happens and accidents happen and mistakes happen and that's okay. Um, but the clients that we work with sometimes don't 
understand these things. And so if you're a dog owner out there, we've had clients that their dog would get, I mean, and again, you know, I'm probably going to publish this, but, you know, I have some regards of of not doing it. But in the back of my mind, I think that this is going to be beneficial for you guys. I think that this is going to, I want you guys to feel like you're not alone. And I want you to feel that I'm being an honest human being because I, I don't want anything or anybody to ever think otherwise, you know, when I'm doing social media and things like that. So I think this would be a good one. But, um, you know, we've had certain dogs that will have a punctured ear and um, a cut leg because of a little squall, you know, because that's what happens. And my here's my big point. <laughs> this is the reason why I'm making this podcast 20 minutes in is – Dogs are dogs. Mistakes happen. Accidents happen. There's nobody on this planet that can predict fully 100% what animals are going to do. I don't care who you are. And putting your emotions and your, again, ideology of how you feel things should have went, could have went, how they went, makes situations so much worse for the dog. And so... We've had people in daycare get all these cuts and things like that. They're there the next day. We also have some people who have very small, tiny lacerations due to a little squall. And I try to explain to people that the dogs that we are around and living with, some of them have the power to grab your arm and snap it in half. They have the bite force to to kill another dog and to break your arm in seconds. Although the little squall that you had and the laceration on the dog's body or the ear or the leg was a correction to tell the dog, hey, get the F away from me or leave me alone is realistic. It's reality. I didn't do it. You didn't do it. Nobody in the room did it. The dogs did it to each other. And at that moment, I need to, un- I need to also be very clear and transparent that the compassion that we have for our animals is insane. And I I share that with everybody. However, I also understand that when dogs interact with each other, sometimes they get into fights. Sometimes they get punched in the face, if you will. And nobody likes seeing their, their kid, if you will, get punched in the face. However, sometimes it helps them grow. And sometimes it teaches them lessons. And um, I'm just a person that, that believes in making sure that at the end of the day that my the dog that I'm working with is is okay. And so I've been just um again really thinking about some of these things that I've been working with and I want you dog trainers, facility owners, even dog owners to know that there's a big difference between people being fraudulent and lying and trying to cover things up and to try to be sneaky. That's that's different. That's not a, that's not acceptable. However, when we're talking about dogs who get into a minor uh, squall or a very small little fight or, um, you know, the tiniest little cut and we make um, big ordeals about it, I want to I just have people understand that those things ultimately could make that situation a lot worse for the dog. And so when we get little fights, um, and, and I think that that's important to understand that um, – when we see dogs be dogs naturally, we become afraid of it. 
when I see dogs fight, like, and that's the thing is it's very, I'm, I'm to a point in my career where I just don't really want to move forward working with people because they don't understand what they have. And, and I'm just to a point of exhaustion where I'm just almost like depressed over it where I'm like, look, you have a dog. Your dog will roll and poop. Your dog will kill a cat. Your dog will bite a child in the face. Your dog is capable of all of these things. And I see it, and I've seen it, and I've seen some nasty stuff with dogs because being in the law enforcement um, part of it a while back in my career, you know, I've seen nasty people do nasty things to dogs, which, which creates nasty dogs, nasty environments. Um, and so I know that I, I've seen the beast in a dog. I've seen what they're capable of. I've seen what they do. And when I see a, a, a dog correct another dog and then have a potential client or I have somebody um, make a big deal about it and, and be as dramatic to say that the dog is traumatized for life, take that with a grain of salt because um, that certainly can happen to certain dogs. But we need to be a little bit more aware and more mindful of dogs are dogs and things happen. It's not uh, anybody's fault. Um, we can dance around and point fingers about we should have and couldn't have and wouldn't have and all these things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what I'm finding, guys, is people want a dog until a dog becomes a dog. People want to help a dog and work on their fear-based reactivity or their aggression until they actually see it play out, until they actually see the, 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 the situation play out in reality in a natural environment, right? And what that means is, is every fear-based dog that comes into my facility, if I let another passive dog out, correct them once and give them a little nick on the back or behind the ear and they shut down their aggressive behavior for life, some people would argue that, well, that's inhumane and maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe, because it could have conflicts in the future. And if I can control every environment, I certainly would. But when these types of things happen, there's a there's a certain person that makes an emotional decision on, I don't like that. I think that this is bad. I'm traumatized, which then pitfalls to the dog. When the dog's like, well, that sucked moving forward. Why is everybody so upset? Why is everybody holding me? Why is everybody coddling me when I have a laceration or something? And so it makes things worse. Um, and so I'm seeing more and more of this, not, I'm not talking about my facility at all. I'm talking about in public. I've seen, um, you know, dog squalls in public. And some people are like, oh, it's fine. I'm moving forward. And they're bleeding. And the dog's like, you know, just jumping around but bleeding and okay. And some people are like, yeah, it's fine. And then I've also seen, you know, these little dog fights happen. And, you know, some can say, well, it's not appropriate or acceptable for any dog to be put into danger. And I agree. But when shit hits the fan and dogs are dogs and another dog corrects another dog, we need to take that and say, hmm, I wonder what we could have done, you know, to, 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 to stop that. Or I wonder what we could have done to, to help or whatever. And so anyway, my point is, is uh, I just want to express my frustration of, of the career path that I have chosen. And for any of you out there that are going down this path or about to, um, one of my second podcast, I think, or I'm sorry, one of my first, I think is my second podcast I put out, um, answering the number one question I get. And so this is for those people who want to get into the dog training world and you put your blood, sweat, tears, equity, and you create a reputation and it doesn't matter if it's local, international, 
statewide, nationwide, it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do and how many lives you change, there's always going to be an opportunity for a person to put their emotions and their questioning of your integrity and strength and ability to help dogs and and even downright personality they're gonna they're there they exist and again to me i i put so much into what i do into my craft that i take it personal most times when people don't like what we're doing or they don't like the outcome or they don't like what had happened and that's one out of 2,000, maybe two out of 2,000 that this happens to. But I want to be real with the dog trainers. I want to be real with the people who are wanting to become dog trainers that there's going to be people out there that are going to try to ruin you. They're going to try to make you second-guess everything that you've ever done. They're going to try to eliminate the idea of you being good at what you do, regardless of what the public says, regardless of what the national government says, regardless of what your international clients say, regardless of how many clients you have, there's going to be people who will second-guess your entire profession for an accident. There's going to be people that are going to put you down for loving and doing what you do too much, right? Like if I let an older dog out and they correct a smaller dog and then they run away and try to sue me for... Um, damage of the dog internally because they overreacted and made things worse. It's going to happen. It's your fault. It's your business. So I urge you people to create tough skin. Um, I've created pretty tough skin over the years. um, And sometimes it just breaks and you have to rebuild. But I want to let you know that it's real and it happens. And you have to do everything you need to do to collect the thousands of of good emails and the thousands of good notifications that you get from your clients and your friends and your family and your colleagues and your community that say, hey, man, you're changing people's lives. Or, hey, girl, you're changing people's lives. Keep doing it. And remember that at the end of the day, it's about the dogs. But I can honestly say that I'm to a point where I'm so about the dogs and I'm so... um, Uh, involved with how dogs communicate and realizing that squalls and bumps and bruises and fights and things happen on a daily basis and if you're not exposed and or you're not um, you're not accepting of these things um, you're going to run into some serious issues working with those people and I think that it's it's so important to understand that they're out there and they will try to do damage to you and your business and potentially threat you and to do all these things to make you feel like you're a bad guy or a bad girl but um just wanted to let you guys know that that's out there and you need to start building your tough skin now because if you're working in a small group of people who have found out about you through references chances are you couldn't do any wrong because they trust you but if you start growing and you start expanding and you start just working with the general population because you're the go-to person or you're the go-to facility, just know there's going to be people that are going to try to ruin you and you need to know why you got into this and you need to know what you're doing in the plus side and not worry about the negative side. But again, I just got off the phone with a, with a client talking about all these things and, um, and you know, we've, we've, we've had some 
some recent, uh, you know, activity where accidents has happened in the facility and um, it, it becomes daunting to, to me because I care so much about what I do and my reputation and how I present myself and how mindful I am about the, the overall uh, well-being of the dog. And sometimes I think that I'm, I, I forget the word, uh, but there is a word for when you're, um, you're almost just, you're, you're in autopilot and, and, and sometimes you, you just forget, holy shit, these humans have never seen a dog bite another dog. These people have never seen their dog squeal or these people have never seen their dog pee because they're scared. They've never exposed to it ever. It's the difference between somebody walking around in a uniform saying that they love the army and they want to join and they get to Afghanistan and they're shitting their pants. It's real. It happens. And unfortunately, in the dog world, when you're a professional dog person, handler, trainer, owner, you know dogs better than you know that person's dog better than they know their dog. And that's the truth. And when something happens and you're like, oh, that was a simple dog correction, or oh, you know, um, whatever. I mean, these things happen where you're just like, okay, moving on. And then that person has never seen any of these things, has never been exposed to a real, you know, dog aggression. Even if you have a dog that's reactive and asking you know, and if you let go of the leash, another dog is going to correct it, put it in its place, and then walk away. And it's the best thing that ever happened for the dog. Some people's personal beliefs and what they feel is so bad and is so negative that it's almost laugh worthy. And that's where I'm at. I'm like, wait, do I not care anymore? Or am I just so ingrained with dogs that I forget how people look at dogs? And that's where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to balance these things because I, I, I've, I've been trusted so much um, with stuff. I don't even think about the owners. I'm like, yeah, that happened. That's, this happens all the time. Like, this is not a big deal. And then I'm like, wait, holy crap. They've never even seen, um, you know, their dog bark. They've never even seen, you know, whatever. And sometimes I just, I have to ask myself, like, wait a minute. You know, how, did, how should I be approaching this? So anyway, guys. Um, welcome to the real life world of the dog training world and the dog world in general. God is great. Beer is good. People are effing crazy. And if you're doing good and you believe it in your heart and in your soul that this is what you need to be doing in life, then do it. Create tough skin. Know that there's going to be somebody out there that is going to go completely against what you believe in and what you are as a person, regardless of the circumstances. And you just need to know deep down inside who you are what you do what you stand for the benefits of what you're doing compared to the people that you have to work with um, once a year or twice a year or whatever it is but just know that you should probably stick to it don't let crazy people ruin your day and always be in the benefit of the dog um, even if it means swallowing a bunch of information that you normally would spit back out somebody and um go on a fury rage of, um, well, wait a minute, um, who's the dog professional here and who actually knows what the dog is feeling and how the dog feels and what you should be doing. Um, you got to sometimes just swallow it and that's hard and it's especially hard for me, um, because of what I do as a profession and the amount of people that I work with and how many people trust me, um, to give them valuable information to help them and their dog. And sometimes when that's thrown aside because of personal beliefs and how they feel as humans, it becomes really hard for me to um, to accept because I know ultimately, guess what? The dog's going to suffer. And um, so anyway, guys, um, that's it. That's all I want to rant about today. 
<sighs> I guess I got it off my chest and talked about it. It feels good. Um, and I hope nobody takes this any of this information the wrong way. Um, I just wanted to be real. I wanted to be real about the dog training world as a person who's um, progressed in it from nothing to, you know, I'm not the biggest company. I'm not the biggest name in dog training. I People are way bigger than me and have a lot more success than I do, but I really don't see a lot of people on podcasts talking about the pitfalls of dog training. And um, I wanted to, to just put this out there for people if they, um, you know, are having issues or struggles that it's real. Everyone deals with it. It's true. You know, of course, we're never going to post it on uh, social media except for me because I'm like, you know what? I should just um, get these demons out of the closet and just tell people that these things exist and know that it's completely normal. And the bigger you get, um, the harder it gets. And, and here's how I look at it is, is the, the, the more good work that you do and the more lives you change and the more success stories that you have, the more open you are for people raining on your parade and, and telling you that you're not good at what you do and or you're this, that, and the other thing because you're just, you're opened up to a new level. You know, it's not just you're the, um, you know, the trainer of, um, you know, Oklahoma City or Detroit. Like, if you work with a lot of people, um, so just be, be aware of what you ask for, I guess. You want to be big and well-known and travel and, do these things in the dog training world, just be careful that you have tough enough skin to get through some of the crazies because they're there. And they will try to do everything they can to make you feel like what you're doing isn't worth it. But at the end of the day, no bad dogs, right? So thank you guys for listening to my rant. If this strikes chords, if you feel that this is important to you and you feel like you benefited from my vulnerability of talking about this stuff, let me know. Send me a message because it means a lot to me that um, you know you guys are are, are um, taking my pitfalls and some of my mistakes uh, as a professional into consideration to hope that you guys never deal with them or it makes it easier for you guys to deal with. Let me know. Send me a message on uh, Instagram at Tom Davis or share it with your friends in your story on Instagram or um, you know rate it to my podcast let me know because i'm doing this for you guys this isn't for me although it does seem pretty confessional and um it makes me feel good but um is this for you i want you guys to be protected mentally uh for the things that you're asking for you might not actually want so it's not always it's not all uh, rainbows and butterflies just remember that one last thing i wanted to throw in here guys on this vulnerable podcast is everybody makes mistakes it doesn't matter who you are if you're lebron james or you are whoever, people make mistakes no matter what profession you're in. And ultimately, you know that you need to own up to the mistakes that you've made and just know that ultimately it's going to be the best thing to swallow all the things that you want to say regardless of what's right or wrong for the dog. Because again, people come into into your profession to hire you for what you think is going to be right and wrong. And then ultimately their emotions could take over on what they feel is right or wrong and they become the person of profession. And sometimes it's hard to swallow that pill and just turn the other cheek and say, you're right, this is, this is what we need to do. But ultimately owning your mistakes and doing what's right for your business in the future so you can continue to help the amount of people that you do in the future. So swallow that tough pill and move on. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next time.